0: This week in Cougar Insiders, we're going to hit you hard with the quarterback situation. We're going to break it down as well as we can. We're going to talk recruiting, about some recruits that are really on the radar, maybe a couple that are not, and the importance of getting to a certain high school and doing a better job. And then we're going to round things out by telling you the rest of the story, something that happened with Ed Lamb in Cedar City. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's just like us guys being along in a car ride, talking like we do when we go on road trips. That's all this week on Cougar Insiders. Well, let's go through a quarterback update. We've only been able to see this team practice for maybe one combined hour in opening sessions for the media. But what have we learned? Why isn't there a quarterback starter that's been named? We're going to delve into that just a little bit right now. And Jeff, uh, at that practice uh, on Monday, right after the scrimmage, the portions that we saw, we saw Zach Wilson come out and have some real good throws, move the team a little bit. Tanner came in. It seemed like the defense changed about then, started pressuring a little bit. And both Zach and Tanner kind of struggled. The defense had kind of a moment.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, from what we saw, again, the limited part we saw, again, I think Zach has looked really, really good. He's been pretty consistent. He can make all the throws. He looks confident out there. I mean, you you never guess that he's a true freshman. I mean, I may or may not have Dandruff older than Zach Wilson. I mean, he's just a kid. He'll be 19 this month, but he has really uh, showed me a lot in this fall camp, even since spring. He seems like he's taken a big jump. And maybe they, part of that's uh, from spending the time with, with John Beck uh, in California. But he is just really – he looks like he could be the starter. I mean, he's he's built for that.
0: Why don't they name a starter, Brandon? Why know. is this continuing on? Is it just for compet- competition? I, I think that's probably the main reason. But they—they they, you have to take into heart what Aaron Roderick said.
2: He says, what, what was the benefit of us to go into Arizona and having named a starting quarterback? I really believe we may not know until that season opener, which would be amazing. I don't don't think that.
0: (laughs) Have you ever covered anything like that, Dave? That's kind of crazy. But, you know, I think they want to keep the competition up. But I also think uh, that there's a lot of things that we're not seeing that are probably known to the team. And they're not talking about it because they want every edge that they can get. Let's do something kind of fun here, though, for a minute. I'm going to get you guys into an argument. This is a debate point. (laughs) Okay. Oh, you're I wrong, know, Jeff. I know, uh, Brandon. I know that you are in love with Zach Wilson. You in like, love, you like what he's doing. You like what you're seeing. I do like what I'm seeing. Okay, you're I think take... the love might be
2: a little t- too strong. Well, you, okay. You I'm take. Getting, Tan- I'm getting there, though. You but,
0: take Tanner and build a case, <laughs> and Jeff, you take Zach and build a case. Okay. Go ahead. Give us the Tanner thing, Brandon.
2: Experience. He's he's the senior leader. He's been there before. He knows what it takes. He's had success before. When he takes that field, it's not going to be a shock to him. He's made strides. This new system is more conducive to, to what he likes to do. And he, he's looked good in, during practice sessions. Um, I, I I think if, if it's close, he's the guy. And from what, what we've heard from from Roderick and Grimes is they've been neck and neck throughout fall practices. And if it's neck and neck, if you take them out that word, you go with
0: Tanner Mangum. That's my argument. How about that one? 26 games that he's played. Yeah. Beat Boise State, which Taysom Hill didn't do. Had that game winner against Nebraska. Yes, he did. Big, big game. But, Jeff, why should he not start? Well, to me,
1: from what I've seen, the limit time I've seen, I mean, he's kind of the same guy we saw last year. I don't see any real difference with him other than he looks different, he's trimmer, um, he's leaner. But uh, to me, Zach Wilson, it would not surprise me if he's the starter. Now, BYU's never done this in its history. It's never started a true freshman in the season opener. So this would be historic, groundbreaking stuff if we actually saw it. But uh, you have to remember that, the day that Jeff Grimes was hired, he, he placed a call to Zach Wilson. He went after Zach yeah. Wilson really hard yeah. to recruit him. He is Jeff Grimes' guy. And if you look at it that way, um, does Jeff Grimes want to say, this is my guy, this, he's the future of the program, so we're going to throw him in there. And he may take his lumps early. He may have to take a little bit of a beating, but we're going to get him that experience, and we're going to ride him and see where it takes us.
0: Let's uh let's listen what Aaron Roderick has to say about it. But before we do that, I I I know that we haven't been around Aaron Roderick for a long long time. The Utah beat writers have, and they have a lot of great things to say about him. They like working with him. What have you guys seen so far in Aaron Roderick that you've liked in his coaching style, his interview style, his reaction to us, his personality, whatever, Jeff?
1: I think Aaron is a guy that's – he's been really honest up front. I think uh, we ask him questions. I mean, he doesn't – if he doesn't know the answer, he's going to tell us. And And I think he's revealed some things about about the quarterbacks that maybe we didn't know, things that we don't see. And I think the players respond to him because he's a, he's a down-to-earth guy. He's a guy that I think commands the respect of the guys on the team because of his experience, what he did at Utah. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's been a great addition for BYU, I think.
0: Brandon, a lot of Cougar fans had a little bit of doubt about A-Rod when he was hired. Yeah. What's your take now? I really like him. When you interview coaches, a lot of them, they're, they're like
2: playing a game with you. You can kind of tell that they're just trying to tell you as little as possible with kind of giving you a, a quote. They're just...
0: Robert and I never did that, did he? <laughs> I
2: remember and I gave a 10-minute interview before Texas. I remember listening through that interview, and you could use nothing. He rebu- I, It was amazing. I was actually impressed. Remember the
0: one time that he said, well, our offense, the quarterbacks throw the ball, the running backs carry the ball <laughs> yes, and block, did. the offensive linemen block, the receivers yeah. go out for passes and catch pets. Do you remember that oh, name? Oh, yeah. Jeff? I, 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 I think it was that, that, that same
2: one. But was, 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 was Roderick. He's not playing games with you. He's really earnest, and you, and, and you get the feeling that he's telling you exactly what is going on. He kind of reminds me of Lance Reynolds in that way. So I, I like him. Let's listen
0: to Aaron Roddick right now. Coach, you're, you're kind of in the real things right now,
3: going yeah. from that big scrimmage than today. Just explain where you think you're at. I think that we're uh, on schedule is the way Coach Grimes put it today to the team. You know, we got a lot of work to do. But um, we also want these guys to understand that we feel like they've done a good job digesting a lot of information, and our execution for where we're at right now in camp is about what we expected it to be, and we just got to keep getting better every day. How important was it for you not to have any turnovers Saturday and what you did? It was huge. It was the number one goal, and I I was very adamant about that to the guys that if we – if we come away with no turnovers, we're always gonna have a chance to win. I mean, some weeks you might play great, some weeks you might not play great, but if you have zero turnovers, you'll always put yourself in position to win the game. As you broke down
0: the film, how did your quarterbacks do?
3: Uh, we threw a lot of completions. It was a really good day. Uh, Tanner and Zach had the exact same numbers. They were both 16 for 21, and uh, and then the other guys, Jaron and Joe, both got in there too and both did some good things. And it was, it was an efficient day overall. Is there,
0: um, is there any real, of the 11 starters that may be there, is there a position battle other than quarterbacks that's really got an edge to it right now?
3: Position battle other than quarterbacks? Um, it's really competitive at tight end and receiver. Because, you know, we'll play with multiple receivers and multiple tight ends, but still it's not, it's not just equal reps to go around. So those guys are competing every day. And then there's also competition between position groups too, because we're such a multiple team that, you know, if one group's stronger than another, then that group gets featured more. So you're not just competing against the guy in your position; you're competing across groups to prove that you're one of our best eleven players. So um, it's, there's competition everywhere. Thank you. Yep. You might have addressed this, but talk about how the quarterbacks did on Saturday in your view. Um, they played well. I thought they were efficient. We had zero turnovers, which was a big deal. That, that was that was a huge point of emphasis all spring and it will continue to be. I feel like if we um, if we take care of the ball like that we're gonna have a chance to win. All, you know, no matter what. And uh, Tanner and Zach both had the exact same numbers. They were both sixteen for twenty one and and drew uh, the ball very well. I thought Uh, Joe and uh, Jaron both got in and did some good things as well.
0: You know, there's a uh, segment on uh, message boards and commentary that we have at the end of our stories, which we don't always like, but a lot of people give us feedback, and feedback is always good, even though we don't agree with it. Um, I was looking at the Cougar board, and and a guy posted a real good thing. Why should they not? I mean, what real advantage is Arizona going to have in – not knowing who BYU's starting quarterback is, are they really going to grain gain that big of an advantage, Jeff?
1: I'd say no. I don't think it's uh I don't think it's as big as you would think because look, Arizona is going to do what they do and regardless of the quarterback, I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. I think it's kind of a little bit overblown in this case because we got a brand new coaching staff at Arizona. They've got a lot on their plate already, and I don't know, I don't think it really matters that much
0: the Kevin Sumlin down in Arizona the new coach that came from Texas and he has shut everything down I mean, he is—he is not even giving interviews. He's not letting his players get get interviewed, Hardy, at all. If it, it, I haven't seen very many of them, he's closed practices to the media. He's closed them mostly to the fan. Uh, if he's that paranoid in keeping secrets, shouldn't BYU, Brandon? Maybe, but, but to, just to back up what Jeff said, I mean, when,
2: there's no film on Zach Wilson. <laughs> where, what are you going to get? I I just kind of want to see it, just to see it. You know, I want to see if coaches can pull it off, where they can truly go throughout all fall practices, just like oh, we'll. We'll see uh, and, and we're going to have that or they're going to enter the season with Tanner Mangum or Zach Wilson maybe we'll see it I I just kind of want to see it just to see it just because I've never seen it. kind of in a selfish way I, I don't know Maybe I don't know maybe they can get an advantage doing that
0: now talking from the recruiting trail let's talk about recruiting Brandon you've been around this state doing all mm-hmm. kinds of interviews you know who the best are you know who the worst are. You know who the people are that have potential. But BOA has a great commit from a guy right now who's getting a lot of attention. Tell us about him.
2: Yeah, Chase Roberts from American Fork is about as good as receivers as I've seen in this state. If it wasn't for Puka Nakua, who I just think is an extraordinary talent beyond anything I've ever seen at the high school level, playing that position, he would absolutely be the best receiver. I guess what I'm trying to say is he's number two. I clear number two, and in most years, he would be the absolute best receiver in the state. There's no question about it. He's six four, very fluid. He went to camps and he absolutely killed it. National guys were holy cow, this guy's going to come on the national scene. He's a three star guy, kind of going up to a four star. What's playing against him is he's committed to BYU. And he has committed to BYU he's a mission-first kid, but you kind of wonder what's going to happen to these kids if BYU tanks it again this year. I think it's critical. I, I mean, Chase Roberts doesn't think he's going to decommit. He, he's solid in all that, but you start giving kids reasons, and these schools are so good at recruiting and, and talking to kids. You just see the importance of BYU not tanking again, showing a competitive product for, for guys like that. There's a lot of good recruits in state this year. Um, uh, another guy, Logan Sagopolo for Skyridge, uh, pro- probably the, the number one recruit in state. Um, he says he likes BYU, but he has only official visits scheduled for Utah and Oregon. I think that's kind of telling, well, where you're not taking time out to make an official visit. A lot of these kids, you take their actions... Uh, a lot more than their words. We'll see what comes of that. But I think there's a lot of under the radar kind of guys and that term under the radar for the recruits. I think it's overused, but, but, but there's some legitimate guys and, and just, just going around. And one thing BYU needs to do, they need to get back into that being in pipeline. Bingham has at least four top recruits, and BYU's not really in the picture f- for any of them, which was unheard of just, just several years ago. You got Somote Pepe, Lani Longi, Junior Angelau. Where's BYU with any of those kids? I, not. Well, I, was, honest, I so. will say
0: two guys that they've had these receivers, uh, Braden Cosper and, and, and Dax. Braden look good. These guys have looked really good. Yeah. These, these freshman receivers are pushing, Jeff. They're pushing hard.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of. Uh, Immediate contributions from all three of those guys, based on what Bessie Sataki has told us, they're they're gonna. Yeah, they're going
2: to be contribute for sure. Yeah, Dax Mill has seen a lot of reps in the practice we saw yesterday.
0: Okay, now the rest of the story. We're going to get some information on something that happened about uh, a week or two before camp. There was a big story that came out of Cedar City. A reporter that was attending a kind of a meeting <laughs> down there. Of Surprise, I'm actually
2: here, Coach Lamb.
0: <laughs> and uh, the reporter was there uh, covering it. And what came out of it was that Tanner Magnum really didn't relate to the last – Year's offense. That's that's not really any big news, but but uh, uh, Ed Lamb, an assistant head coach, was down there. He coached at SUU, and he was talking to the group of people in Cedar City. He probably knew a lot of them. And what came out of that is that he had high praise for Joe Critchlow, and said that he could be one of the future greats at BYU. When that came out, there was a lot of people that jumped on that. It, it made newspapers. It made radio broadcasts. casts. It made the message boards. Uh, it was just all over the place, but there's rest of the story of this, Jeff.
1: Yeah, so I, I talked to Ed Lamb uh, last week, and I was talking to him about the linebackers and the special teams and things like that. And I had to ask—I saved this for last—but I had to ask him about those comments <laughs> because they did get so much traction. And he—he he told me he went down to this to speak to an alumni group there in Cedar City. Of course, we all know that he coached at SUU in Cedar City, and so he knows a lot of people. Uh, he recruited Joe Critchlow to SUU, as we know. Well, he, he gave his remarks, and he knew a reporter was there, and then he basically went off the grid for about three or four days. He went out to Zion's and did some hiking and things like that. He had no idea that the story was kind of blowing up until he got back to Provo, and people were making comments to him. So he went back and looked at the article, and he was really kind of surprised because the way he put it was, he said, My praise was very balanced. But the article was not very balanced because he said he praised Tanner and Zach and a lot of guys on the team. He was very positive. But this reporter chose to highlight the Joe Critchlow part. Now, Dick and Brandon, I am shocked. I cannot believe <laughs> that a reporter would actually not be balanced. I mean, we never do that, right? No, That's not does. us.
0: No. <laughs> now, we don't want to bash the reporter. But there was another part of this story that people don't realize. And he talked in depth and highlighted the other quarterbacks just as much, according to him.
1: He did, yeah. he said he talked quite a bit about Tanner, uh, a lot about Zach, and not only those quarterbacks, but a lot of guys. But you know, and of course, we understand that not everything gets going to get in the paper, and we kind of look at our our audience and what our readers want to read. But uh, yeah, he he kind of just said that it was much ado about nothing. I mean, but he's the one thing he did tell me though is he still feels the same way about Joe. Nothing has changed about Joe. He still thinks he can be one of the all time greats.
2: That kind of delves into the topic I want to get into is the progress of Jaron Hall. I, I I don't think it was a surprise to anyone that Zach Wilson and Tanner Mangum are the two guys. We've assumed that for at least a week, right? But I think it's extremely notable that there's a competition for the third spot. You just thought, Joe Critchlow, that, that's your guy. But I've been very impressed with what I've seen from Jaron Hall, a guy fresh off his mission service. And watching him in high school, I saw quite a bit of him. His junior year, he looked really good. He looked like a guy that was a quarterback. The thing that's going to be going against him all the time is that he's an athlete trying to be a quarterback. He looked like a real quarterback to me, a guy that knew how to go through his progressions and all that. And in his senior year, he he kind of took a, a a drop off, but his team really wasn't that good. He had receivers that couldn't get open, so he's running a lot. And I kind of wondered: is is football really his best sport? Because he's a fantastic baseball player. Is quarterback really his best? Position, Even if he does play football, I think what he's, we've seen through practice sessions, yeah, he can play quarterback. They believe in him. He's making progress fresh off his mission service. I think it's an exciting thing because you're looking at an, ex- an exceptional athlete and not Taysom Hill. Well, no one's Taysom Hill category, but, but as far as just being a pure athlete and all that, he could be the guy. And you could see a lot of mobility in that position. Where, where he, he's a real guy. He's a guy that can lead the offense and be a real exciting two-way option. Well, a lot of people react options, really well I to say. him.
0: I, I was at a fast food restaurant. This was the last week of July. And I saw a person who has been in the NFL, who's played in the NFL, who is uh, connected to BYU. And he said to me, uh, in very uncertain terms, not even solicited, he says, don't sleep on Jaron Hall don't sleep on him. And he said that to me twice, and uh, I took note of that. So we'll have to see how that develops. We're coming to you from Thanksgiving Point Golf Course. We appreciate being here in this studio. Now a final word. Jeff?
1: Well, I think the topic du jour is quarterbacks, as it usually is, uh, talking about BYU. But um, looking at Zach Wilson, we talked about earlier how he could he could be the first true freshman to start a season for BYU. Um we did a series of stories this summer in the Desert News about looking back at the true freshman quarterbacks. and a
0: great job, Jeff. You did a great oh, job. Well,
1: thanks. Uh, wasn't fishing for a compliment, but thank you for uh, fishing that. But uh, yes, I am. <laughs> uh, you're too kind. Uh, anyway, I interviewed all those guys that have started as true freshmen. And, you know, the thing that kind of came out of that, each has their own individual story. They all went through their own exper- unique experience, I guess. But one thing um, that kind of stands out is, you look at a guy like John Beck, and he was kind of thrown to the wolves. He didn't start the season as, as the starter as a freshman, but he was a return missionary, so he had a couple of years uh, of experience. So Zach's experience is different. I mean, he's fresh out of high school. Now he's in a situation where he could become the starter. And, again, looking at the long-range view of the program, you know, why not give him a shot? If he's the best guy, if the coaches say that he's the best guy, and one thing the coaches said consistently since spring ball – is that the best guy will start. It doesn't matter if they're a freshman, junior, sophomore, senior. It's it's who produces. And if Zach does that, I mean, we could see, like I said, some history being made down in Tucson uh, here in a few weeks.
0: You know, I was talking to Glenn Tuckett on the phone the other day about going to the uh, Cooperstown and stuff like that. And we got to talk and He was very impressed with Zach. And I, I said, Coach, what do you do if you have a guy that's very experienced and has a, you know 26 games under his belt and you have another guy that's got a lot of talent and looks good, what do you do? Here's a guy that's in the baseball, collegiate baseball Hall of Fame. He's coached football at BYU, um, and he said, just simply says, "You always play talent over experience. Always." it will be interesting to see. Brandon, your final word.
2: Well, I was going to go kickers, but that's kind of boring. No one wants to hear about kickers. Really I, they do. No, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk you're about from the
0: Utah. O- you want to hear about?
2: Kickers. No, you don't. I, I, I well, I don't want to talk about. It, so I'm not going to do it. I, I want to talk about the offensive line. I, I think a real notable development is the battle at center. Who do we, who did we see at center with the ones yesterday? I mean, yeah. I don't think he, w- anyone was expecting that. They were thinking Ampi, maybe Tristan Hodge was going to play center. I think it's a real notable development that a who has, he's just kind of been not really a factor his first two years. He's had some injury issues. Yeah. But he's a guy that's really risen to the challenge and it looks like he's going to be the starting center. Come the season star, which which I think is surprising. That's and what we
0: saw yesterday. He was taking yeah. almost every rep that we were able to see. Really, what, what, what state does he come from? Texas. And where does Grimes come from? Okay, <laughs> there go you go. go but he's. He, I I
2: remember talking to him after he committed to BYU. He struck me as a really really mature kid it it was like I wasn't even talking to a kid on the phone it it was you you know when you interview guys and you're interviewing some but other guys you're you're actually talking to him it's an actual conversation with him it was a conversation and it it just struck me as a kid with a good head on his shoulders and and exactly the kind of non-LDS athlete BYU needs to bring in and it's it's
0: it's neat that he's having success and I I think he's the starter my final word is uh, about numbers Sataki has kind of taken a uh, a scissor and a marker, and he's cut his roster down from people Some of it has been to attrition, some of it has been because he doesn't think that they're um you're capable of, of of doing things academically here some of it's been honor code issues, but he has done that he's done it for the past i say sixteen months, and uh, the numbers that I quoted were between twenty and twenty five and I'll double down on that because i'll also expand that to recruits. He's called up recruits and told them, no, it's not going to work out. We can see your record in school. We can see your record maybe as an honor code person that may struggle a little bit. and It may be better for you to be elsewhere, but he has made that move, and he has— uh, taken the uh, the way that it was put to me by administrator is that Kalani does not want to take the risks that he's been taking he wants to shore things up and be sure that people are coming to BYU are going to be those that can be successful that can be uh, achievers and they can last to the end and he doesn't want to have people fail on his watch and has been too many failures on his watch that's all be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you find it and don't hesitate to leave a review if you feel so inclined